Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend of football. I know we thoroughly enjoyed our weekends of football. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL, a lot of moves being made. We're going to navigate with you through all of it. It's me, the fantasy football fiend himself, Zay. As always, I got my main man with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, bro, Joe. Holla at him, Joe. What's going on, fantasy fiend family? Let's go. We're going to get into a little bit of movement as far as coaches and things of that nature are concerned. But the most polarizing topic of the week, will he or won't he? Um, We've had some conflicting stories that came out this week about one Mr. Tom Edward Brady. And the initial story said that he was retiring. It was broken by Adam Schefter. He still stands by his story. Then Tom Brady Sr. came out with a little blurb on Twitter, I believe it was, saying that Tom hasn't retired and anyone who says that he has is mistaken or lying or whatever verbiage you use. And then there was a an additional article that came out that said Tom Brady was pissed because his retirement news was leaked from the media versus him being able to make the announcement himself. So first thing that went through my mind was the one thing that I know about Tom Brady from being a Patriots fan for years, this dude is petty. He might come back for another year just to prove Adam Schefter wrong, just just so he can retire on his own terms and without anyone else making the announcement for him. That was a pretty intriguing storyline I'm going throughout the week as far as will he, won't he, did he, didn't he. Like you said before, man, it's Tom Brady we're talking about, you know, so it's one of those things I think people want to be the first to break the story. And, uh, you know, Scheffler is, you know, he's usually pretty much on point so who knows who his contact is or his inside person is when it comes to this i'm, I'm gonna take uh old brady senior you know what i'm saying I, I think he may know a little more than than anybody else when it comes to this in my opinion so if brady senior say he hasn't made a decision yet then I, i'm gonna go with that yeah i would go to the opposite side and i think it's more so a mark a brandon thing like whoever gave this information is definitely like really dropped the ball because, like, I think uh, one thing, uh, Tom Brady has that uh, show going on, a documentary, Man in the Arena, and the final episode wasn't to air into the spring. And I and I think with Tom Brady, maybe he wanted to save that for the show. Like, I think it, with Scheffler, he gets it right more times than not. Like, I think he's one right. of the more credible people in the industry because he gets stuff before Phil, uh, Telesaro and all these. Uh, I'm sorry, I butchered the guy's name. Like, all the top guys, Scheffler usually get it before everybody else. And they're just like, oh. They're just copying off of what he says. So I think it's a lot of validity. I just think whoever the source is too close and they really kind of like this is Brady's brand. Like, I think that'd have been a good ending for him, a finale for him to put it on his show because I think that matters to him. So I think it's more so that kind of play where that wasn't supposed to come out just yet. 
interesting. The, the first thing that went through my mind was maybe there's some type of like dates or something that he has to still be considered active for certain things to kick in or, or something of that nature. But it can't be about, you know, contracts or anything like that. I wouldn't imagine with the amount of money between him and his wife. I, I doubt a few more pennies on top would, would matter that much. But that's the first thing that came to my head. Your reasoning sounds a little bit more plausible there. Um, we had some other pretty captivating uh, events happen throughout the last week. We had Sean Payton decide that he was going to go ahead and retire or take a break or whatever he's doing right now. But shortly after that announcement, it comes out that New Orleans is $74 million over the cap currently. So to me, it sounds like Sean Payton kind of took tail and ran. The team that he had this year was not good enough to truly compete and to know that your team is going to be a shell of what it was this year based on needing some major rearrangement through the cap space it really kind of feels like to me sean payton took the easy way out i just don't i don't see any other way to look at that particular situation i mean and then the rumors are already out there that he may be going to the cowboys or to the dolphins next year that that was really kind of surprising to me i didn't see sean payton being that dude maybe he goes to the booth and he stays there i know there was something to, uh, mm -hmm. there were people talking about him taking over troy aitman's job with fox sports but i mean who knows the, the timing of this just doesn't feel right to me as far as you know bailing out on the team when it said it's worse and then somebody else watch brian flores and somebody get that job and, and people are looking at him like, why can't you do what Sean Payton did? Well, Sean Payton spent up all the damn money, and y'all expect right. me to still produce the same product. But, hey, that's how I'm seeing now. But one thing I want to uh, add in there is that they have $128 million in restructural contracts. So they can get under the cap. I just think at what cost, though, because I still think the big one is still going to be Michael Thomas. But they do have $120 million in restructural money that they can move around to get under the cap. That's if those boys choose to accept that. I mean, that, that that's that's not a guarantee that they're going to, you know, you know, switch up their contract like that, especially now that the coach is gone. I mean, maybe the only reason that they're still in New Orleans themselves is for that paycheck. And now if you're going to try to rearrange my money, you can go ahead and send me wherever you want to go. Who actually going to pay me? That, that's how I would look at it, at least. Like, like if I'm not on a uh, Kansas City, maybe Buffalo Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a couple of teams out there that, that you know, people did in the Tampa Bay this year, a couple of teams that are out there that maybe you take a little bit of a cut for a year to go after your ultimate goal. The Rams come to mind. Um, but outside of that, if, if we're going to be mediocre, nah, I need my money. Like that's, that's the only thing keeping me afloat here. Right. But that's what it would be. Most of these new, when you restructure a contract, you get that money as a signing bonus. So you get your money up front. Because 2023, they look okay going to 2023. They, they just have like Jameis Winston, Drew Brees still. Um, and obviously, all like you said, all the money they spent this year. But 2023, they'll be fine out of the cap. It's just getting it there. And I think it's incentive for especially uh, Lattimore to do it with his deal, getting it reworked to add some more years on his deal. How about getting rid of Taysom Hill? <laughs> I mean, that, that contract has to be arbitrary. I mean, how would Sean Payton, knowing the cap situation, why would you even offer him that type of a contract? No other team right. in the NFL was going to offer him anything close to that. So I don't, that's different. We had a couple other big moves that happened this week. 
a guy that we have been talking about quite a bit on the show, the OC offensive coordinator from Buffalo, Brian Dabble. And I think I'm pronouncing his name right. I apologize if not. Brian Dabble is now the coach of the New York Giants. And it kind of feels like the Giants are finally doing something right. They aren't going for the big name or the splash play. It feels like they're truly building an infrastructure that is going to be able to last them. Yeah, I like that move, too. And then uh, the GM real quick, uh, Joe Schoen. Um, yeah, I'm just going to butcher these names. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> audience. Uh, I like him a lot. They both have that Bills connection together. But this guy has over 20 years of scouting and executive experience in the NFL. So I think that really, like you said, it's a strong move saying that they want to kind of win philosophically, getting them both. And I know uh, the ball was a, a big name. Vanden mentioned a lot on the show. Let me see. I'm going to say this. I like the move, but I'm still not sure if he's the guy for that organization. I'm not sure if I even want to see him in that situation. I don't know. It's just it's just funny. I think I think the Giants finally made a, a good move. So I do like the guy they have in. I'm just hoping he fits what they have there currently. They give him an opportunity to to get it right. Um, so he probably will get to time, just like we've seen in Houston, where the coach got in and wasn't able to get his people in. He got fired after one year. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I just I just I just hope that he's given time to, you know, make the adjustments. I'm looking at the fact that the GM and head coach are kind of, first right. of all, tied at the hip. They're coming from the same shop, if you will, that created the Buffalo Bills. So if Dabble was able to pick up enough from McDermott that he can, to a certain extent, not necessarily recreate Buffalo, but he's able to capitalize on his strengths as well as bring some of his uh former mentor strengths over with him, along with that GM, they can, I guess, put together the groceries to make the best meal just based on track record in Buffalo. If they get that offensive line right, I also like the fact that the GM came out immediately and, and got rid of the hubbub about the Watson issue. He immediately said that the team has done everything they possibly could to screw Daniel Jones up. They didn't give him any protection. They very rarely gave him weapons that made sense within the offense. They changed up coordinators several times. And he, he's making it seem like it's about to be a, a lot more calm, if you will, a lot, versus trying to fight through the tumultuousness that you sometimes see within that organization. I kind of feel like they finally have some adults in the room versus people that are just making snap decisions. And the first thing that's going to signify that that is the case for me is looking at their draft and moves that are going to be made in the offseason. If they can get that offensive line right, I really believe that they have a shot to contend within that division. That division isn't anything special to speak of. If there was anywhere that he was going to go, that was probably the easiest place to become a winner and do it pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the right move is to bring the GM and the coach over together. So mm-hmm. I do like that, that a lot of teams are doing that now because we've seen in the past where people think they can recreate a dynasty somewhere else, especially with the Patriots. We didn't see from, I think, Romeo Cornell. We didn't see yep. uh, Patricia. We didn't yep. see, you know, McDaniels. We didn't see Brian uh, O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. we didn't see all these guys leave, get jobs, and people think they can recreate this thing somewhere else, and it doesn't work out. Buddy from, um, um, didn't Buddy, well, he was with Notre Dame. What, what was his name? Ch- Charlie Weiss? 
What Charlie you, what, Weiss, yeah, for sure. We see Charlie Weiss. That's right there. That's my guy. And one thing I do know about this game, some guys are better suited as coordinators. Coordinators, yeah. It's not for you to be a head coach, <laughs> man. That's just not in your, you know, it's not in your DNA to be a head coach. You know I mean? You got some guys like, um, he used to be coordinator for the uh, the Broncos, was the head coach for the Cowboys at one time. Big oh, white, oh big white Wade guy. Phillips. Wade Phillips, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Perfect coordinator. Yeah. He's just I'll not a head that. coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just, that's just not who he is, man. So, it's just some guys that just fit that mode and that mode only. Let me ask you this, because this is the perfect segue to the next group. So, we have another GM and coach pairing from the Patriots. It looks like Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to be in charge of the Las Vegas Raiders going forward. So Josh McDaniels is head coach and Dave, Dave Ziegler as the GM. So kind of a similar scenario. Two people that are very familiar with, with each other. Also two people that have an extensive background within the NFL. Now getting a second chance for McDaniels to kind of prove himself as a head coach. This is going to be kind of interesting to me on both ends, from the Las Vegas standpoint, as well as from the Patriots standpoint. Normally, you see a bit of regression when you have a rookie quarterback that loses his coordinator and then you go to a different system or different verbiage or whatever the case may be, whatever changes the, the OC may bring in. But also with McDaniels going to the Raiders, that's now giving David Carr a different head coach slash coordinator for the umpteenth time within his career. So which team do you think is going to be able to navigate through those early dog days and produce the better product first? Um, at this point, in all honesty, I really kind of feel like it could be Vegas just based on their current collection of players and their options in free agency. I definitely like Vegas considering that, like you just, like you just mentioned, everything they already have in place. I think it's a it's probably the most ideal job out there to be right. honest with you because they're already a playoff team. Right. Yeah. Um, I think this may be the best opportunity for McDaniels to do well from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, Hunter Renfro is going to be gold. You know what I mean? This. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, <laughs> this is going to be like yeah. a, a match made in heaven when it comes to the, the fantasy, especially the PPR. But he was welcome on steroids, basically. For sure. But I, I definitely 2.0. <laughs> right. I definitely think that's the uh the better job. I just hope they can't get don't get caught up in the whole I can make a diamond out of coal. You know, that's the Belichick way. You know what I mean? He'll find these guys late in the draft, these no name guys you never heard of, and turn them to stars. A lot of people just don't have that gift. I think a lot of people take that elsewhere and it doesn't work out for them. You need to get the guys that you know can play ball. I agree. Stop trying to get the guy that Wisconsin tech. You know what I mean? And, and, you, and you think, you know, you think you could turn him into this old pro. Nah, you need to get the guy that's at Ohio State, that's the, you know, the All-American that you know. Can You know what I mean? So go with the guy that you know. Don't You can't be Bill Belichick. But you know what's funny about that, though? Bill Belichick always gets the early rounds wrong. I mean, <laughs> that's the, my, but, but that's right. But the, he's but he smack him on the back end. Yeah, it's it's, it's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. We we picked Nikhil Harry over AJ Brown and who was the other um uh DK Metcalf, I believe it was. Yeah, um to the second. It's like and then at the at the tail end of that same draft, we end up getting like uh defensive stalwarts that are like a cornerstone of the team. So it's like, man, what are we 
what are we doing? Like, I don't know. But there are a couple of other coaching moves out there that are being made. Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator for Green Bay, is now going to be the head coach for the Broncos. This feels like to me, I don't want to label it as a desperate attempt, but it's definitely a part of the attempt of the Broncos to lure Aaron Rodgers their way. Whether or not it works, we'll see in the offseason. If it doesn't work, let's just look at this move in a vacuum. Let's say Aaron Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay because that was one of the other stories that was out this week. They they kind of had a conversation with the front office, and they seem amicable at this point more so than where they were in the offseason. If Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach and there is no Aaron Rodgers, was this a good hire? Because I don't, I don't really see it, to be honest with you. Absolutely not. Joe, he might not like this, but – I don't like the move, you know what I'm saying? If Aaron Rodgers is not coming, like this is this is a boom or bust play right here for me, because this dude Hackett hasn't proven anything. He hasn't. He's been in Buffalo. He's been a loser. He's been in Jacksonville. He's been a loser. He's been in Green Bay. He won in Green Bay, but two things. And he got in Rodgers number one. <laughs> that's one. And guess what? And this is the biggest thing. He don't call plays. That's true too. That's he don't call plays. So he's a figurehead. Yeah, yeah. So for those reasons, I do not like this hire. Again, we see so many guys with the accolades, with the numbers, with the stats to prove it. We've seen Eric B and me go to, what, four straight AFC championship games calling plays. Wait, yeah, wait. He got, he got Mahomes, but he's calling plays. Before Kyle Shanahan, there was Matt LaFleur as the quarterback coach. McVeigh, similar story. So before you even get to the offensive coordinator, all these top guys, McVeigh, Matt LaFleur, um, who else? There's one more gentleman, not Kyle Shanahan. They all was something else. So let's just so uh, continue with your point. Kyle Shanahan was calling plays before he became a head coach. No, Kyle Shanahan was, but I'm saying Sean McVeigh and Matt LaFleur was not. When they all was all together underneath each other but, in the Redskins, they were not calling plays. That's cool, but guess what? They were winning games, but the you know what I'm point were they winning with the Redskins? Were they? Yeah, they, they had. They had no. They did. Yeah, they had decent teams. Remember when they had uh, RG three? Couple so guys. My, they had some decent teams. Stem. But when they were Gruden, but Gruden was the uh, um, OC at that time, I believe. And they're talking about him possibly going to the Jaguars as the OC. No, Gruden was the head coach. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But Kyle but Shader this is my was... but this is my thing though. It's different when you got a young guy for getting his first shot. I wouldn't say anything, but this guy has been places and lose. That's the difference. But you talk about Mc, you talk about McVay Lafleur. Those guys never had an opportunity. So they're they're the understudies of a wait. mastermind. So yeah, you say you know what? So what do you think the thing Hackett has been? He's, he's been an understudy you, to phenomenal. Dude, this dude has been an OC two other stops. What are you talking okay. about? So to my point. How are we attributing wins and losses to an offensive coordinator? First and foremost, we, we, we can't do that with OC's defensive coordinators. They are not the head coach. The head coaches are liable for wins and losses as far as we look at them. Oh, you won 71 games. You're a great head coach. We can't say, oh, he went to this team and they haven't won. They haven't done that because that's, that's blasphemy. Well, they the Jaguars went to the AFC Championship if that's the case. Come on, come on. Let, let's, now let me pull you back in. We all oh. know that the AFC Championship, <sighs> that the Jackson, yeah, I feel the same way. We I all understand. know that the AFC Championship game that the Jaguars went to was the defense. 
We all know that. We're not going to have it. What happened in 2017 when they ran it back with the same team? They, if it's just oh, 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 one side I, of the ball. Guess what? That's, I'm that's listening. Why, you know what? That's why I have a beautiful mind. I love my okay. mind because I'm a football god. The next year, that team was not the same, dude. That's team split. You don't remember? It's the defense, hey, though. What's the, the, what happened? Are you listening? The defense, the defense okay. wasn't the same. A.J. Bouye. Them boys, Calais Campbell wasn't there anymore. Like th That team was not the same the next year, sir. That nucleus was still the same. Only no, it wasn't. They, two all-pros had left. A.J. Bouye wasn't there. Calais Campbell wasn't there. You didn't lost two all-pros. And then Ramsley was doing his rumbling, and then he ended up getting up out of there. That team so, was not the same. But that's because of <laughs> – so, but here's what he did, right? Because when I remember it, he didn't end up getting fired behind, behind himself. That was Blake Bortles' mistake, first and foremost. Blake Bortles was horrible, trash, shitty. He had nothing Blake. to do with it. Blake, Blake Borders Bort also made Blake Borders also was an All Pro player, sir. Blake Borders was what? Now you about to crucify? He made yourself. he made All Pro, sir. But what stats? What stats? No, what notable stats. He Blake, had that but you, I'm not. I don't know about that season, but Blake Borders was an All Pro quarterback one year, sir. Okay. Am I right but or wrong on know, that? But we know the stats. Uh, uh, I don't quick. know. I don't know. I don't. I know you don't know. know. I know you don't know. You I right know on you that don't because know. I want to finish the championship. I know you don't know. So what I'm saying is. Is he quick to say he quick to say Blake Borders was the issue, Ooh. but he's an all pro quarterback. I okay. don't know. That was just one year that Blake Borders. Yeah, hey, but, he, but he did why, it. Why are you saying he went to the Pro Bowl that year, correct? He went to the Pro Bowl. He's an all pro. I don't get we who cares about all pro? Everybody and their mama can end up all pro. They don't mean nothing. That's not true. That's not true, sir. We'll okay, continue. what is Blake Borders doing right now? What has he done since? Hey, I'm hey, I'm not Blake Borders' lawyer. So, I'm just to, telling to, you, to you put the point on him. He was an all pro under the same guy, sir. Okay, but he he said all these records. He had all these passing accolades. Great, and he went to Pro Bowls. Right, and if he's that great, why did he regress the next year? I don't know, man. I okay. can't speak on that. So but I, to, to but all I can topic, say is that that team that they played, they lost to the Patriots in the mm -hmm. in the AFC Championship game. That was a defensive team. We all know that. We we okay. not gonna say Hackett was doing anything. Come on now. Let's okay. be let's be one hundred percent honest right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That team yeah, was I mean, stacked defensively. That's a defensive team. Well, yeah, we can we can attribute that that there was okay. a, a heavily a defensive team, but nonetheless, his job was to be a coordinator. Was it his fault right. that they end up losing the season after? It's to it's TBD. But most of the sources, not my opinion, has said it was not his fault. He should have been hired. He should have been fired. From but that. those are oh, but see, no, that's you not the, get, no no. You said the sources, which is what, aka others' opinions, sir. Players, but if I'm if if players are telling still opinions, news reporters and Bro. how. If they say no. it, that wasn't that dude's fault, Hackett, it was, how, how so? That's if the reason. Statistically, Blake Borders regressed. How so? If they had several key injuries from all their offensive starting offensive linemen and wide receivers, isn't he not playing? The, isn't he not coordinating or officiating Yo. with half a team or a third of a team? And you want him to win? Hackett is now getting a job because of an opinion. Because you know people go back to and say, "Well, Aaron Rodgers love him." That's the only reason this dude got this job, bro. Let's okay, be but, clear. Oh, but you but you just said we look. The, we all talk about McVay, Lafleur, and I forget this other gentleman last name. Oh, he played for the Browns. I forgot that guy's name. Yeah, the coach for the Browns. Okay, all in the same. You talk about yeah, Stefanski. Yeah, like all of them had to one point be an understudy to somebody. But the thing you hack it, let's to keep it on task. And hack it has had two OC jobs, sir. Come oh on, man. God. Let's stop. And guess it. what? He, he was an old, what? He was now, an OC in Buffalo. Now. Am I right? Was he OC in Buffalo? Yeah. He was okay. He was an OC oh. in, in Jacksonville. So okay. he hasn't produced. He hasn't had top. It ain't about wins and losses. He hasn't okay. had top offenses. 
But guess what? If that's the case, we need to have the same conversation about <laughs> Brian Duvall. If that's the case, if that's the case, we need to be talking about Brian Duvall in the same light. How no, we don't? Because like, the you got Brian one of the best the, offenses right now. Right. What are you talking what about? Hackett just was a part of. He didn't call no plays. Matter four <laughs> called the. <okay. laughs> what is this? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Somebody give this dude a soda. He didn't okay. call no plays. I tell you what, you're right. Hack is the lawyer, right? He's the lawyer, but he has paralegals, I guess. So they're they're doing all the research and you, everything. You he just shows up in court. Okay. He just shows up mm-hmm. in court and get the win. He didn't do no research. He do, he just showed up. But before the enemy, but but to think, well, let's be rational, right? The enemy has been calling majority of plays. Let's say the last two years. Do you think Andy Reid has not doesn't have any influence to say? What I'm my point to say is Matt yeah, Ford does call plays. Sure. Matt Ford definitely calls the plays, but you don't think Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have say in those plays? It's kind of like having training wheels, right? Like, yeah, you doing the pedaling, and yeah, you are riding the bike. But let's make no mistake about it. We take them training wheels off, and you about to fuck yourself up. Well, so, Charlotte Gray <laughs> called plays. Matt Lafleur was the OC. Oh my God, Matt Lafleur is not ready to be a coach. Oh my God, like were we saying that shit? Like that's my whole point. No, hold on. You haven't been paying attention there, obviously, sir. Okay. The same so, guy you speak of that was the understudies, they got a job is their first chance they got an opportunity to show what they can hope. The oh, see, chance. see, there you go with the cut. That's weird. Like, they we got it's not the ball has had several chances in the NFL, bro. Who? The ball, look it up. Where right. That's not his first his first rodeo as an OC. And this dude is a phenomenal but, guy. This dude is the shit. But but you feel the real but how's but it you, a butt in the you, you, you compare apples to the ball? How you, am I comparing apples to oranges? Because my dude, you're not listening. You compare right. apples to oranges. Okay. This guy got a job based on his production. Hackett okay. can't Hackett is getting a job based on an opinion. You know, we all know that the Denver Broncos is swinging that bat, hoping to land Aaron Rodgers with this move. That's they the only need, they, they don't, don't they need, need it. They, they don't, don't need, need it. it. What, what game right. you been watching? They don't, they don't okay. need who? They don't need Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> they all they need, stand all, them. All so they need point, is a quarterback, again, to be honest. To go back to my point, Sean okay. McVay, Matt LaFleur. McVay calls the plays. Matt LaFleur is just the guy holding the title. Can, can I, what is can Matt I, LaFleur doing? I don't care. I don't, take still, away. Take, you, no, listen. Take away me, the whole thing. Let, let me break this down for you <laughs> so it can evenly and consistently be broken. Jim Moore. Okay. No, one, cool, one moment. Jim Moore, right? No, no. Can I just say this one point? Jim I, I, I understand your point. I, I really no, do. No, no, no. Can I just you, say this you, one point, Vance? Sure, <laughs> Jim Mora is was a passing consultant with the Colts before he became an offensive coordinator, right? Yep. No ties to calling plays. This is Jim the late Jim, the, the Jim Moore, not the uh, guy who dad was whatever with the Falcons. I'm talking about the guy who is behind the architect behind man and offenses. Okay. He has been several times a passing uh, consultant, not a coordinator, but a consultant. Am I about to tell, say, hey, is this, oh, he's garbage. He's horrible. He has so many chances in the NFL. Hell fucking no. This guy has say, regardless of how you want to look at it, as to what they do and what they call. Just because I, I he ain't a offensive coordinator, he does nope. personnel, he does groupings, he has to make sure that everybody on the same page. He's teaching these players the whole You're terminology. You're missing the bars for the trees, though. Yeah, that's a fact. That's not the so. So let, let me let me see if I can from the outside in break this down for you. All right? Okay. <laughs> and I, and I'm gonna break it down by asking you one question. Okay. The guy that you're talking about, Nathaniel Hackett, 
versus Sean McVay versus McDermott. I'm not McDermott versus LaFleur. Who have you seen fail? Mm. Who have we seen fail? Correct. Because see, see, the point that you're missing is, yes, the situation Mm. is similar. However, you never got you never saw McVay fail. Doesn't matter if he called plays or not. You never saw LaFleur fail. What what Vander is saying is Nathaniel Hackett has failed and failed miserably. It doesn't matter what he's doing right now at Green Bay. We're not we're not singularly focused on that in a vacuum. What we're saying is the other coaches that you're comparing him to, they never failed. So their first opportunity mm-hmm. to be a head coach Wait, okay. was the first time they were going to be able to fall in this sport, and they did. So that's Understood. the part that. Well, let's go. Let's go back to Buffalo because he wasn't fired from Buffalo. He went with Doug Marone to the Jacksonville. Right. Let's go back to that. Can we also but he had a losing his... record in Buffalo, sir. Why are we talking no, about they, they wasn't they wasn't offense was they was a top they was a top offense in Buffalo. He failed we... in Buffalo. He failed he in failed. Buffalo. Okay. Yes. He right. wasn't he good because you know Marone didn't deserve that job. He got it. Get out of here. All right. So then <laughs> so then he go to Jacksonville. Then he go to Jacksonville, has a top 15 offense, right? But we have to look at what happened the next season. Stop making it seem like oh, he was asked can, the second can I help season. You out? Can I help you out? You know what Vander always says about Tua last year? Yeah. That's the same thing that happened okay. with the Jags. It was their right. defense that kept giving their offense back the ball, which made Blake Bortles and their offense look a lot better than they actually were just because they had several more opportunities in each game. But then we saw after uh, after studs from the defense left how mm-hmm. good that offense actually was. So, mm-hmm. again, in my humble opinion, he failed. Mm-hmm. I'm right. just saying, like, well, I mean, I, it's the difference. Tell I'm me, tell, like, if I can, I look, I, I'm one to always agree. If you told me he had a completely healthy team, a completely healthy that. offense. Not saying that, but you give me the team that is ever completely healthy. Like, th- that, that's that's not life for most offensive coordinators. So Let me find a team that just had a crazy So what I need you to do then is go, go, go back to that, go back to that year and show me another team that didn't have offensive injuries. Like, that, that's null and void. Like, that's a part of your job. Like you, you're supposed. The reason I'm hiring you is because I expect for you to be able to pull it out, regardless of whether times are good or so bad. So we, so with that same philosophy, we need to go fire Greg Roman for the Ravens. Then, um, what are you this talking year, about? This year, this year is a wash for the Ravens. Then, because the Ravens had well, a crazy amount. I'm, of I'm sorry. Did, did did you not see what Greg Roman did with replacement players? This man had a backup QB who put on shows. This Huntley man goes. had this man had running backs that were freaking fourth and fifth string that still put up close to the average of what the Ravens do. If anything, he needs a damn raise. Like, what are we talking about, bro? What's but what was their record again? They eight and nine this year. The, you asked me about the offense, didn't you? Just say that you can't put the the record on the OC, but now you want to put it on Greg Roman. He's no, no, head no, coach, no, is he? but, but I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying, if for yeah, all you that, just right? did that. What but, you mean but you're listen, not doing? But no, but say, but say, but no, we say that. But did it yield them anything as far as going to the playoffs or anything else? It yielded Greg Roman points. to me that, is the that's, same. That's the OC's job. How, yeah. how many points are you putting up? You just said five minutes ago that the win loss record is on the head coach, not. But the this OC. is what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying, though. We how? But how are we going to go to the Jacksonville and just say, "Oh, he failed in Jacksonville. He had a top fifteen offense the first year the because year, the defense was, gave them the ball." That's like saying Tua is a good quarterback because of what the defense was able to do turnover wise last oh, year. Oh hell no! I definitely. Agree it's the that. same thing. Hold but on, you said top fifteen. Point, yes, you, you call that a you call that a, a success. Cause you're in the middle of the pack. What, That's Blake mediocre. It's only 32 Blake, Blake teams in the league. Now. Are you kidding me? You talking about all pro break borders? 
Oh my God! How do we make? Hold on, see, see, I'm all about facts. Wait, but, I'm but a look, fat guy. With Blake Borders, right? If that's the case, if, <laughs> if that means something, all pros mean something. We can it say Chad Pennington. We can say about that Vinny Testaverde. Chad like, Pennington was actually no, 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 no. Yeah, like, yeah, like, come on. What does an all pro mean? What does an all pro mean? No, a no, pro no, bowl no, means no. something. All, all, all pro. What does that mean? All actually, all, all, all pro is actually. Um, see, but this actually is but, more but important see, than, than pro bowl. Hold on, hold on. Let me, can I, can I, may I say something? Say, but this is my thing, right? And, and people, listeners, you got to pay attention. Just because somebody screams something and they say it loud, it doesn't mean they're right. Chad Pennington never made all pro. See, that's what I'm saying. You're screaming out names like it's the gospel, and you're wrong. Chad Pennington was never a pro bowler. He never what was year, a what pro. Year Blake, what, what year Blake Border was all pro? Please tell me. 20, <laughs> what, year, what year Blake Border oh, was all pro? Man. It had to be like. Bender, I'm just asking. You, you said Blake Border was all pro. What year? But answer this question. Wait, no, 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 no. Don't skip my question because it's, it's a simple question. What year was <laughs> no, Blake no. Borders all pro? No, 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 no. no. But listen, listen, listen real quick. Oh, now we're going to something else. I'll just ask no, you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer that for you. I'm going to okay. answer that for you. But. Stop screaming out these names, man, when you're wrong. Okay. Okay? Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, year was Blake I, would, I, would, I think it's all pro year. might have been 15. It might have been 15. I'm not sure. Okay. Could have been 15. All pro 2015. I'm just guessing. Okay. No, no. Let's not guess. Because remember, you all facts. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Gonna, I, I don't have to look it up. audience to not, to not make some shit up. I mean, it's off the top of my head. It's off the top of my head. what year? Because I'm not seeing where he was all pro. So what let me Let me see what year it was to be the all pro. Please please do. But honestly, I think the thing isn't contingent on Aaron Rodgers. I think philosophically what they do and how he'll go about running that offense, it fits with what the players they had. I would like to see him get a crack at it and have his own quarterback, honestly. I think that's the main determined thing. He's not coming there because he wants Drew Locke or he wants Teddy Bridgewater. Either they're going to acquire the talent necessary to uh, to matriculate the ball or to run that offense, or he's going to go out in the draft and get it, or Aaron Rodgers is going to come there. But I just think he's good either way. It's it's going to be a matter of, in my opinion, if you don't get the quarterback position right, nothing else is going to matter. We've already seen that with the Broncos. I don't think he's going to come in there and make Locke better. I don't think he's going to come in there and make Bridgewater better. You kind of got what you got right now unless you get something better. Um, now, and granted, now you may go through the draft process to go about doing that. There's a couple of different ways to do it, but I just don't think that, you know, it's going to be a, a very happy home for Mr. Hackett unless he gets the quarterback. But it's an obvious play for Aaron Rodgers. Um, speaking of coordinators that should remain coordinators, Dan Quinn decided to remain a Dallas Cowboy. So he's going to come back as the D coordinator for Dallas. That I think that actually is the best move for him and for Dallas. Because what's going to end up happening if Sean Payton doesn't end up being the head coach for Dallas, they now have their man in-house as long as he can keep that defense together for another year. I think he may actually end up being the coach of the Cowboys. If, if, if again, like I say, Sean Payton doesn't end up coaching that team. We had another head coaching hire, Matt. Eberflus is now the head coach of the Bears. This is one of those ones that kind of had me scratching my head as well. Great defensive coordinator. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he was the defensive coordinator for the Colts. And the Colts have had a pretty good defense here 
as of late. So he does do a great job on that end. But the thing with the Bears is defense has rarely been an issue for them. So who they hire on as the offensive coordinator is really going to make a huge difference in the maturation process of one Mr. Justin Fields because... And they they actually did too, Zay. They hired uh, Luke Gibson from the Packers. They hired who? I didn't even see the headline for this. The Packers uh, quarterback's coach is now the OC for the Bears. So now how do you... um, are you familiar with this guy? Yeah, so he's I, another I one heard of those. His name. He comes from Mike Shanahan tree, so he's in the same you know boat as McVeigh, Kyle, uh, Matt Lafleur, etc. He comes from the same tree. He actually interviewed for the Broncos head coaching job, and he used to be the wide receivers coach back when they had Jordy Nelson and obviously Devontae Adams at the time too. So he's been with the organization for a good minute, and now he's taking over as the OC for the the bears so i think that's kind of cool spending years under aaron Rodgers being a qb coach which doesn't mean anything because he's already aaron Rodgers. you know to our point earlier (laughs) harbar back to the nfl is going to be a thing it's just going to be a matter of which team right now it's looking like the vikings are the lead dog in that race it's going to be interesting because i they i kind of do feel like they have the pieces they have the running back they have the receivers uh, we'll see what what goes on with Kirk Cousins. But one thing that we do know, Harbaugh was never one of those coaches that needed the best quarterback for his team to produce. He was more so about defense and making sure that you maximize each possession. Um, so that's going to be kind of interesting. And if he goes to the Vikings, I can see that being a overall force multiplier for that team. They they kind of already had the pieces up. And I know Vander said that the Raiders may have been the best job based on them uh, making the playoffs this year. But just looking at what the Vikings have in front of them, also looking at the division that they play in, that may actually be the best job. If, if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving Green Bay, I mean, you're essentially looking at a change in the guard. And I honestly feel like Harbaugh might be the best coach in the division um, once you remove that shield that Aaron Rodgers is able to kind of, you know, hide OCs and head coaches from based on his talent. Yeah, I think with the Vikings, they also hired a phenomenal generational uh, GM. I think this guy... Is that's one major fit. If he can get Harbaugh to marry what this guy has been able to accomplish in his short time as GM with only doing it for 10 years, I think the sky's the limit for their team. I, I'm not going to lie. I got into that debate with Vanda a few weeks ago because I hate uh, Harbaugh personally. But I think with that specific organization, that fit is phenomenal with the talent they got right now. Like Harbaugh and this GM, uh, Mensa. That'd be, I think they can go to a couple Super Bowls. I think that's kind of bold to say that, but just being honest about Harbaugh a little bit. I think, man, just like to Zay's, um, to Zay's point, this Minnesota job is it's golden. I mean, I'm cool with Harbaugh getting it, but I think there's a lot of coaches, man, they can jump in this seat, this driver's seat. I mean, you now you have um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be out of the division, look like. Um, and like you say, um, Tom Brady may be out of the division. Um out of the conference uh and it's a lot more ideal with all these young studs on the afc side the mahomes the herberts the allens you know the burrows they're gonna be fighting each other you know for years on yep. years so 
I, I mean, I, I definitely understand that point. This Minnesota job is ideal, especially if you can fix that defense. If you can bring in, if a I'm good... Brian Flores, that's why. I mean, I don't even think he's interviewed there, but that that's why mm. I would want to go if I was Flores, honestly. Mm. Yeah, that'd that that'd be sweet. I mean, he he would immediately <laughs> make them better than Miami. I mean, they have better pieces already. But one thing about these these head coaching jobs, right? And the reason, kind of going back to what I was saying, how these coordinators don't make good head coaches. The head coaches are really just more like managers for the most part. And, uh, you know, picking the right guys to to have your vision come true. Uh, for, now, for some coaches, they call plays. But for a lot of them, you're just managing the guys. Uh, so if you do get this job, whoever get this head coaching job, I just hope they bring in the right defensive coordinator to get this. Because this team don't have to be very good defensively. If they're, right, a top, exactly. if, they, yeah, if they're a top 10 team, that's good enough for them to, you know, be, get over the hunt with the offensive weapons that they have on that side of the ball. And I hope whoever comes in don't take Davin Cook out of his, uh, his comfort because he fits that zone running scheme. I mean, it's, it's golden for him. So hopefully don't come in with another, another whole, you know. Honestly, if I'm them, not only do I come in and change it, I come in and trade them. Carolina has the right idea right now. You've gotten the best years out of that running back, the years going forward. In, unless they are just different than almost every other running back that's played in the NFL, they're gonna decline. I mean, they, they're gonna be the next Zeke. They're gonna be the he, he's, he's twenty six years old though. That's that's on the back end of a running back. No, like, no, yeah, thirty bro. is the magic. Thirty is the magic number. No, that, no, that's when they fall off. Twenty six is the back end to that thirty. Yo, at look, look at your Zeke's. Look at your he, he's already hit his peak. I'm gonna. I'm he, gonna he won't get better. Hey, I'm gonna use them two years. You know, I'm going to get them two years out of him before I trade him. I'm not trading him at no 26 years Look, old. I, 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 would tra- I would trade him over to the Jaguars right now for picks in James Robinson. No sure way. would. No sure way. would. Yes, sir. Run, running, running backs just aren't the same as they used to be. Like, you're better off having someone who's young and has years ahead of them than you are having that guy that you are truly depending on. And then when that Ferrari breaks down, your whole offense is done. Yeah, but young don't mean good. But just James Robinson is good. Though. I mean, I gave you a He's just coming off an injury. I'm not trading for no James Robinson. How many years was uh, old buddy coming off of an injury, too? I mean, in- injuries, that's that's commonplace for running backs. But, I mean, point taken, though, as far as the, the <laughs> Achilles is concerned. But someone in that type of, of running back, if you will. Like, take, yeah, yeah. For instance, take, for instance, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is no longer the starting running back for Kansas City. McKinnon is taking his but, Oh, okay. But he's younger. Who? See, Clyde yeah, he's he's younger than McKinnon. But I think he's getting paid more than McKinnon. McKinnon was picked up off the street, right? Like, like, so that's what I'm saying, though. You talking so about w- w- whatever you can do to get someone that has talent, and you're not getting, you're not paying them. What you? The only way to, in my opinion, to fix that defense is you got to find where you can cut the where you can trim the fat. So if you can get a McKinnon or a Daryl Williams or a you know that type of guy. Uh, and not not obviously Daryl is hurt right now too, but that so, that type so, of running back. So check this out, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me that McKinnon's outplaying Ch, right? I'm saying that the Kansas City Chiefs has made him the starting running back, and Ch is coming off the bench. McKinnon I don't know the stats, but I do but, know that. No, I, I'm not talking about the stats, but McKinnon is 29 years old. Okay, so that's the point I'm making. Like, good is good, young is young. Just because you're younger, don't mean it's going to be better. So we talk about Davin Cook. I get yeah, that. Yeah. So Davin Cook at age of twenty six, I gotta get. He got two great years left in him. 
Maybe but three. Must, but you must also concede that if I can break up the money that I'm paying Dalvin Cook and put it on that defense, I don't need a superstar player that I depend mm-hmm. on that may get hurt. That's my whole. I don't. Thing. I just don't think he's the guy to go. I would get rid of Adam Thielen. Oh, he's already gone. I, I believe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you do, I, I you, think he already you, gone. To be you honest. do have these young stud wide receivers they have in the fold yep. on that team. You know, they're deep Adam wide receiver for sure. Right, Adam Thielen is 31 years old. You got some of the guys that Joe has mentioned in the past. Um, the guy they think he's Stefan Diggs, like ISM. Yeah, and they got KJ Osborne in too. Right, so Crazy. I would get some of them young, some young gunners an opportunity with 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 JJ leading the helm uh, of that group, and um, and go that route. But not Cook, man. You got to keep Cook. Even Madison showing that he's not ready for that. Well, Madison actually has had a couple hundred yard games. Oh, for sure, he played. He Cook. plays well. Yeah, he played well, but. Do from from your opinion, right? Looking at him, do you think he could take a full compliment? Can I don't see think him? so. I'll be no. honest, I, I don't think so. Right. But, but how many time, teams in the NFL come. have that's my point though? How many teams in the NFL have that that, that guy, that running yeah. back that is the only guy? And they get hurt all the time. We're seeing that with CMC, yeah. Dalvin Cook, all these all these guys that are the guy, they get hurt. Yeah, Dalvin yeah. Cook only got two years though. 2023, mm-hmm. that's it. He got this year and next year, and they're gonna get out the way. From and they're not about to win the championship in the next year or two. So why not? I don't know. Building blocks. I don't know, man. Look at the look at what we though. There's not one person that put the Bengals in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. I feel not, you on that. You know what I mean? But, and, I mean, and, that, and, that, and also the and also the 49ers make it to though we overachieved this year. So that's why I don't feel a way about them losing that game. That team came out of nowhere. Nobody see it coming. So you can have a team that overachieved. You got to get hot when at the right time of the season. Fact. And you and whoever's the most healthy is at the end of the season also. So if they can stay healthy and, and get hot, I can see the Vikings making them. They're they good enough. I think they're good enough. With the fact that Rodgers may not be in the division, they could right. take that division. And then right. you get a home playoff game. I mean, so there you go. There's a path. There's games. a path. There's a path there. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, tomato, tomato. Do you take the bird in the hand or do you go for the two in the bush? Mm-hmm. Um, it's But but I see where you're coming from. But I, I, I've just seen so many running backs but, come out but, of nowhere. That, but real quick, before you move on, what's Kirk's cousin's contract? Is is he up right now or, like, what's I, going on with him? No, he still he has a year contract. Yeah, he oh, got yeah, a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know he was close. So, right. if you're going to trade him, now would hmm. be the last time that you can do so if you're the Vikings. And, or, a, or, but or you can resign them, whichever yo, one you want to do. I, I know we hear this name all the time, and people try to find destinations for him. But the Vikings need to get on the phone with the Houston Texans. But Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is more, I think, of a quarterback that sounds a little more like, okay, yeah, we look into that versus some of these other guys, the tools and all these different clowns mm-hmm. that they're trying to throw on the Texans. I think they'll take Kirk Cousins with a load of picks. And I try to get Deshaun up in Minnesota. Well, that was one of the the articles or the um, little tidbits of information that we put out on the website on both the Instagram and yeah. the Facebook group that the Vikings are one of the dark horses that people aren't really taking a look at right now. Um, because if I'm Watson and I'm looking at the talent that they have on that team, right. the wide receivers that I will have on that team, and then again, we, we've said it several times during this conversation, that division with or without Aaron Rodgers. I'm right. sorry. I, I feel like if I'm Watson, I go to that team and I and I have the best team in the division and I am the best quarterback in the division, bar none. This is a bowl contender. Games too. Right. This is a bowl contender 
from day one. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, and then, and then he, he wanted um, to play for Flores. That head coaching spot is still open. Yeah. Some somebody need to be making a couple of that that marriage can still happen, and yeah. that would be a spot that it would be. I mean, like you said, if you want to mm. be a Super Bowl contender tomorrow, mm-hmm. get those two guys. Like, agreed. I mean, it's that would be that would be crazy. That because Flores can 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 tinker that defense up exactly. You know they got some guys over there. I think they got some guys that they maybe need to move on. You know, you know Anthony Barr, a couple guys, uh, Pat Peterson. It's time for him to get. I out I want of to there. say he's a free agent this year anyway. Uh, it's, it's a couple guys need to get out of there, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that Flores and Watson in Minnesota. That'd be nuts. But now there was another um, rumor, if you will, as far as Watson was concerned, and I kind of like the way. This would shake out too, barring them getting another receiver. But mm-hmm. if Watson went to the football team, the Washington football team, mm-hmm. they already have um, Scary Terry. They have a complement of running backs. They have a good coach. If mm-hmm. they, if well, if Curtis Samuel is either healthy or they get another wide receiver, and um, what's your boy uh, Brown? I forgot his first name. Oh, um, Damani. Is it Damani? Number I, one, I, yeah, I I know he's he's he was a rookie. Um, yeah, I think oh, Demani, yeah, Demani, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, e- even he looks like he can turn into something. But if they had that quarterback again, looking at the division, I don't see how they wouldn't be the favorites immediately with the defense that they're capable of having with it when everyone is healthy. Right. So there there are a couple of spots that. Although you wouldn't think based on team history it makes sense, based on the immediate impact that that particular pair can have, um, there's still some teams out there. Um, now, there are also a couple of quarterback rumors out there that I don't think would have as dynamic of a fit or response win-loss-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Pittsburgh is looking at Jimmy G and yes. Taysom Hill. As possible options. And one of the things that I want to say the owner actually said some point in time during the last week, I saw it written somewhere. I'm sorry, I can't give credit. I don't remember exactly where I read it. But they were saying that the owner was indicating that the the new wave or the next wave of quarterback is the running quarterback, which was shortly followed by the Taysom Hill rumors. So, you know, you got one team that needs to get out from under a cap situation. You got another team that has plenty of cap space now that they're uh, you know, one of their biggest cap eaters is gone. And you have the type of quarterback that they're somewhat indicating that they want. See, they go ahead and uh, let my boys Joe talk about if, if they feel that way, Taysom Hill's not the answer. Just go get the kid from Liberty, Malik. Malik Willis. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Go get Watson. He's no, available. I mean, no, I mean, if you can't, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if you can't get a Watson, because Watson is like, the lottery right now, so it's may you name may not be, be able to get him. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you can go get Hurts from if, from the if Eagles. You they don't really like that dude. If you want a running quarterback, <laughs> you know, if you want a running quarterback, go get Willis. Like, don't taste him here. But but you know you know how they would probably have to give up about as much to on, on that flyer, hoping that he comes in and is good as, as they would have to give up for a Watson type right now. So right. I mean, so they could keep their draft pick and just go get the kid Willis out the draft versus no. That's, selling that's what I'm saying. Like, like they would. I think they would have to move up to get him. I don't I, think I, so. I, I don't think he'd be available at their pick. I don't think so. I think he'd probably be the. Mm, it's, you gotta understand. There's a lot of teams don't. There's not drafting quarterbacks. That's but, gonna uh, move up in the draft they sell to get one. 
I don't think he'd be the first quarterback off the board. I in think fan, in, in fantasy drafts, yeah, but in the real draft, nah, he'd probably be second or third, maybe third. But but normally the third quarterback the is going before pick ten. Like people are moving up to get those guys. Think about how many quarterbacks went in the top what twelve uh, picks this year. Yeah, the Patriots just looked up and got 20. Matt Jones. He's who, not who, gonna be there at number twenty. So they picking number twenty, uh, Joe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but they can make. They can. I mean, I'd rather move up in a draft than to trade all my draft capital for Watson. I mean, you understand the Houston Texans want your your, your second born for Watson. <laughs> so, I mean, at least if you move up in a draft, you may move yeah. up a couple spots and give up, you know, a third or a second from this year. I feel like you but, on that one. But it's Houston want your first pick. Uh, from from now to 2030. If anybody was going to give them that, the <laughs> trade would have already been done. So here's the thing. The the, the, the issue that Houston is going to have is the fact that there's, there's no trade clause. So there may be a team out there willing to give them all those picks. But if Watson say, I ain't going there, it don't matter who's willing to do what. So if you can get anything close, because they've already said they don't want him on their books come the new league year, which starts in March. So they're trying to make that move sometime within the next month or so. In my humble opinion, you kind of got to take your ass off your shoulders and humble yourself. Because at this point, the teams that he's willing to go to know that they have a clear advantage because it's not up to you where he goes. So Miami's already said that they're, you know, take their name off the list. The Giants have said take their name off the list. The more team that take their their name off the list, the more leverage the couple of teams that he's willing to go to have, unless you're just going to pay him for a whole nother year to not play football. Right. So, I mean, they're losing leverage every day. For sure. But, you know, that that's going to be interesting to, to, to see. Byron Leftwich, just to wrap things up, right now there's a rumor out there that Adrian Wilson, is being looked at as the GM for the Jags. And if that does happen, he will bring in Byron Leftwich as the head coach. It's mm-hmm. also being reported that as of right now, the Byron Leftwich Jaguars jersey is the number two selling jersey on the team, right mm-hmm. behind Trevor Lawrence. So the fans have spoken. I don't know that you don't make this move and do it before someone else snatches this guy up. There aren't a whole lot of guys that would have the Jaguars high on their list as far as places that they would want to go. So the fact that you have a guy that knows the culture there, he's actually played there, the fans are familiar with, he actually knows how to do his damn job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't understand why we're sitting here interviewing the special teams coach that took over for John Gruden and interviewing. They're actually getting some good names on the interviewing, to be honest with you. I mean, mean, even trying to interview the OC from the Rams right now, but it just was denied because they didn't make the request, but they're trying to get him in there. I think it's McConnell or something like that. There are a couple of good names, but then there's some names that just feel like you're just interviewing because but, you can do that better than you can play ball and that's, right. a, and, that's like, another, and that's another thing real quick to say mm-hmm. with McConnell the McConnell call no plays yeah, I mean true Mc, McVeigh is, uh, is the one doing all that but I where mean, McConnell come I don't know his history so I, I don't, can't I don't speak know. on where he came from and, and where his I mean, if you look, if you're looking for an offensive guru I would go Kellen Moore's way before I would go McConnell's just because you know that he's calling that off that, that's all him so you gotta I mean, go be if you want to somebody go be enemy who has a better resume than the enemy? Feel you on that too. No, I'm just. Well, who has a better resume though when it comes to like 
if you want an offensive juggernaut, who has a better resume? This guy done been to four AFC championships. This is ridiculous. The kid McCown, wasn't he a high school football coach? He was ridiculous. Man, he ain't even man. Look, man, but what he coaching at high school? Pace. That's a slap. He he is not. He has not been a coach in the NFL under uh, at any level of the NFL. Not even a scout yeah, he, that I could. He's think more of. so a, a QB guru. Like you know how like um what's that dude that was on ESPN like uh, that one was it? the Ravens that won the Super Bowl what's guy's name Dilfer Dilfer there we go Dilfer. he like Dilfer he's like one of those guys who like a, like a really renowned quarterback guru I don't know much like I said about him being a uh, coach but I know he has worked with a lot of good quarterbacks what you need a quarterback guru for when you ain't got a quarterback <laughs> in like you got bigger oh, fish to fry God, in the moment. Right. I mean, like, come he's on, gonna, man. He's gonna, like, take, he's gonna get Davis Mills and, and he's a finalist turn, now and turn him into uh that job. Drew Brees or something. Get out of here, that guru stuff, man. He also was uh <laughs> he also interviewing with the Vikings too. Oh, did he? I didn't even hear about yeah, that. Yeah, him and uh D'Amico Ryan's uh, uh in I did hear about D'Amico. I also heard about uh Heinz Ward interviewing for the Houston job. That's just stupid. <laughs> so you just got rid of a wide receiver guru of a coach, <laughs> and now you can bring in Heinz Ward for anything. Like, what are we doing here, it, man? It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It's like because the, the guy they just had was a wide receiver guru, considered right? Correct. Yeah, and he, he won as do, many man. games without Watson as they won with Watson. So if you actually give the man a little bit of time, I Jesus. mean, he might actually be the one that has the patience. And the willingness to turn this team around. But it looks like Houston is about to go to the direction that a lot of these other teams go, which is they just start to have this carousel and it ends up being a self-fulfilling prophecy because the Bengals could have easily fired their head coach this year. The, the scuttlebutt was out there that, you know, this was a proof it year for him. And look at where they went. Some, sometimes you give you give a guy enough time to get his guys and to really implement his system. Things change. Same thing that was going on in Arizona. I know they kind of fell back to earth, but they had some significant injuries. D-Hop not being there is major for that off. So, I mean, th there's just several teams that I think they, they get out of the fire a little bit too quick as it pertains to their coaches, and it ends up putting them in this ever-evolving situation to where they never have the guys they need because they always got to go back to the grocery store because right when the cook was about to start you know, really getting into that meal, they said, eh, never mind, I want a different chef. So now you got to go back to the grocery store and all the groceries that you had there are null and void. So you try to fit a couple of things in just because you don't already paid for it, but it's fitting a, a square peg in a round hole. So, I mean, I, I think sometimes patience is a little bit more important than making a splash in the off season or making a change for change sake. And then when you go back and you hire the same guy with a different name, like what good did that do you? A lot of teams do that. I kind of feel like um, that's what the Broncos are doing. They they basically got the offensive version of Vic Fangio. So, I mean, like, like a, a lot of times the, the, the GMs and the owners really put themselves behind the power curve by always looking for their quote unquote type of guy. So you never allow that, you know, additional nuance to be able to bring a little bit more out of that team to even be letting the building. A couple of things that we do want to throw out there for you guys. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier in the show, right after the Super Bowl, the Monday after the Super Bowl, we're going to go ahead and start our free agent shows. There are going to be several shows that are going to kind of talk about 
who's available out there, where they're likely to go. Would we like to see them stay with the team that they're currently on, things of that nature? That's going to be a direct reflection on how fantasy is going to kind of work out this year, looking at how those free agents go. Um, we're also on next week. We're going to have a bit of a uh, a special show, if you will. Uh, it's going to be on the heels of the Shrine Game and of the Senior uh, Senior Game, Senior Bowl, whatever it's called. Senior Bowl. So we're going to have a little bit more information on guys that stood out. Also, the um, HBCU Combine, the first annual HBCU Combine happened over this weekend. We're going to dig into that so we can kind of go ahead and put on the radar for you guys that are Dynasty players and for the redraft players the guys that are going to be available to you in the draft this year that you may or may not see coming but we're going to be able to kind of give you a little bit of uh, a leeway as far as that is concerned any last thoughts anything else we want to put out there guys oh yeah i want to put it out there blake bortles did not and was not an all pro uh-oh yeah he was uh they didn't he was uh he didn't make it because he had a thumb injury in the last week of the season. I was talking about the pro, but I thought you said all pro. Well, that's the same thing, right? No, it's the, no it's, the, it's, the pro bowl is case. voted on by the fans and oh, yeah, the media yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And but, the but that's pro, the case. Pennington yeah, would have made the pro bowl too, but with no, no, no. But at the same time, let's not get twisted. It's not like the uh, NBA where it's a popularity contest, right? Where the, even if you make the pro bowl, you still have to have numbers. You can't just be. Odell Beckham and make the Pro Bowl. It don't work like that. Like you still got to be a guy that has numbers to make the Pro Bowl. And this guy was second in the league in passing touchdowns that year. Oh, well, to my point, Pennington was snubbed from the Pro Bowl, and Testaverde went in '96 and '97. No, snub is different. He didn't go because of an injury. Snub means like people thought you should have got in, but you didn't. Okay. Uh, well, Teddy, <laughs> Teddy uh, Testaverde definitely went to the Pro Bowl. Oh, I didn't know. I, 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 never said about, I never said nothing about Testaverde. I, yeah, I'm just back to the corrections, you know, because you know when you yell, you don't know what you're talking about. I just wanted <laughs> yeah, to let sure, you know. For sure, for sure. Right, right, was right. Snubbed was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't twist it. No, snub, and Testaverde, no, and Testaverde made it twice. I never said nothing about Testaverde, sir. I know. I, just like, I'm just I never. Saying. Yeah, that's cool. I said Pennington. Pennington never made it. Snub mean people thought you was good enough to make it, but you didn't. But right. uh, we see a lot of guys that make the it. Jordy like, Nelsons of the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we see guys all the time, like um, like any guy that's playing in the Super Bowl. They're not going to be at the Pro Bowl because they're playing long enough. So whether you have an injury or whether your team is still in it, you're not going to be at the Pro Bowl. Somebody will take your place. Tom Brady has not been at the Pro Bowl many years, but he's been a Pro Bowl player. But yeah, Kirk Cousins going to the Pro Bowl this year in place of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but he's so he's but he still has that on his hey Barry, resume. Hey Barry, I'm not, I'm not going to start another argument, but I just want to throw this out there. <clears throat> Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Jones, Pro Bowl, bitch. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, but you, hey, but you, hey, but you know what though? His numbers the, is crazy too. The only reason he made it, man, because nobody is available. Hey, hey, he all made these, it. all the good quarterbacks it. like the Burrows and the, and the Mahomes, he and all, they're just he not available, it. man. We arguing on this show. When we arguing on this show, ten years from now, and I bring up the point <laughs> that Mac Jones was a Pro Bowler hey, his first year, that's, but that's a fact. He's a Pro Bowler. That's a fact, though. You can't, you can't dispute it. He uh, said that you, you can't dispute it. He made it, but man, hey, he made it to the mountain Year one. He made you gotta it. Gotta love it. He made it. I mean, you can't. But boy, that's ugly. When I saw it, I was like, it, it, it made me cringe. And I'm a Patriots fan. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, I'm gonna be able to use it. But see, 
I'm I'm not like most. I, I could have kept that in my back pocket until a, a no, argument came it. around, I but I could. It. I had I had to let it out. I had that to. Shit is, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm like nobody's available because, but you know what? He probably will make many more. Because look at these, look at look Absolutely. at these quarterbacks that we have in AFC, man. These guys are gonna be playing in the January AFC for a stupid, long man. time, bro. But but you know what? That might be a reason why he don't make it. Because look at the quarterbacks in the AFC. No, that no, that, but that's why he'll make it. Because to oh, our point, they're gonna be playing in the, right. Okay, it, I got you. I got you. It's gonna be January you. and damn near February, and they still team gonna still be on the field, and they can't make it, so they got the next man up. You know what I, I mean? You. And then it'll be him. So. Yeah, all, all he'll need is one injury because it's gonna be two studs in the in. Yeah, you know I mean? that makes sense. That makes sense. So. But with that being said, guys, we will be back on next Monday. We're going to have, again, uh, a detailed look at what's going on with some of these rookies that are coming out. Might have a couple of highlights from the Pro Bowl. We'll see what's going on. I'm sure there are going to be several more dominoes to fall this week as far as coaching movements and things of that nature. So with that being said, we'll see you next go round. We out.